This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Hot Off The Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And before we get into everything today, before we get into my traumatizing stories, my thoughts on why we all need to leave Roni dead in the ditch and why we need to extend some grace to Liam McSweeney, I want to share some very, very, very exciting news. I have dropped a new merch and you are going to fucking love it. I dropped basically every every type of, I don't know, apparel Access accessory, as Karen Huger would call it. Um, I dropped mugs, cups, tumblers, water bottles. We're talking t-shirts, crew necks, sweatshirts, hoodies. I mean, we got it all. And one of them, I have to tell you, is my favorite. On the front, it's like very basic, very cute. And on the back, it says, where were you when you first heard about the Scandaval? It's so fucking cute. I'm going to put them on my Instagram story so you can see it. You can shop the link. Um, you can also go to shop.herdatmedia.com. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. And so you can buy that in any sort of variety that you wish. Also, it's like a beautiful conversation starter. And also, I dropped another one that's super cute. It's a t-shirt that says, you know, it's like a hello name sticker. And it says Rachel. And then it's crossed out and it says Raquel. You know, the people that see you will know and the girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. So I can't wait for you guys to shop this. This is so exciting. I... I'm just so thankful that I get to do this every single week and every single day. I'm a part of the Bravo community. I love it so much. So be sure to shop at shop.her.media.com. I'm coming to you traumatized. So it's been four days and I'm still left reeling. I lost my innocence. Ruby lost her innocence. And I need to talk to everyone. I posted about my... I just said on my Instagram, something really traumatizing has happened. And many of you wish me, you know, well, you know, was hoping I was okay. I just tell you I'm not okay. I'm just going to tell you that right now, not okay. Um, like I said, it's been days and I'm still, it's all I think about. It consumes my every thought. And I'm bringing it to you on this podcast because I, I can't take it to Instagram. It's I just can't. So here I am. I'm going to tell everybody the traumatizing story of what happened to me and then we can get into everything else. Okay. Because I need to get this out to the people. Like I just need to get off my chest. So I take Ruby on her daily walk and I usually take her to this like little nature trail by my house. It's like all fenced in. I can take her off the leash. She runs and frolics and jumps over logs and has the time of her life. She chases squirrels. They go up in the tree. She doesn't know that they're in the tree. She thinks that they simply just disappeared because she doesn't look up. She just 
looks around the tree. It's very cute and very stupid and silly. So I, it was a beautiful day. I take her to this trail. I'm thinking to myself, this is not a joke. I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is like going too well. She hasn't tried to kill a duck. She hasn't jumped into a pond. You know, nothing bad has happened. And that's unusual. So we're walking, you know, she's off the leash and she's really good about, you know, kind of running ahead and then she'll stop and look for me and then she'll run back at me. And then she kind of does this thing like the whole time. I could cry, honestly, thinking about it. I'm very traumatized. So we're we're walking and I see her kind of like go over to this tree. And I want to tell you, it is not far off of the trail, off of the path. Okay, it's probably three feet off of the path. Like it's the first tree right on the trail that you see. And because it's like woods, you know, like, guys, I took pictures of the scene of the crime. It was a whole thing. I see her like sniffing around this tree and I'm like thinking nothing of it. But I did. I did notice that there was like a piece of lined paper on the ground. And I was like, that's so weird. Like I was thinking to myself like, ooh, is that a note? Is that a love letter? Did someone like was someone, you know, writing poetry in the woods? You know what? What's going on? But I I just thought, whatever, it's fine. She then proceeds to start to roll. And usually what that means when a dog rolls like that is that there's like a dead animal or something like they I don't know. I don't know the science or the you know, I'm not National Geographic. I don't know why the fuck they do this, but this is just something that they do. So I was like immediately like, absolutely not. No, no, no. And she's a good listener. So she stops. She comes running back to me. She comes back. She's her beautiful face. If you listen to this podcast, you know my dog. She's absolutely stunning. She's literally the Adele, the Jennifer Aniston of dogs. Gorgeous. She comes back. The whole right side of her face and neck is covered in orange liquid. Orange brown liquid. And if you are someone that does not enjoy um, poop tails, fast forward. Fast forward the pot. I'll put a timestamp in the bio because I know some people are like really weird about it. They get really freaked out by the poop and the scat. What is it? The scatological or something. Anyway, so I'm looking at her and I'm like, what the fuck is that? I like kind of freak out. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's like this weird. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it's like very weird looking. It's it's strange. So I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like looking at me like, why are you freaking out? You know? So I walk over to the tree and there it is. An explosion has happened. Yeah. A human being shit in the fucking woods. Diarrhea, liquid fire on this tree in the woods and tried to wipe it with a little notepad why they had a notepad and they couldn't seem to make it to the bathroom in time i don't fucking know i to know me is to know that i am very very sensitive to smells i start to gag i start then i proceed to throw up so now i have my dog covered in human diarrhea i'm throwing up i'm freaking out 
and I have to put the leash back on her. Well, her collar, obviously part of it, thank God the like part where you hook your leash to the collar is not on the side of where she decided to, I don't know, roll in someone's fucking shit. So I immediately was like, we're going home. Like I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my fucking God, I can't believe what just happened. My dog is covered in human diarrhea. I'm still not over it. I'm still not over that a human being took a fucking squat, had an emergency. Nature was nature wasn't calling. Nature was sounding the fucking alarms on this person because what they did in these woods. And also, you know what? These aren't woods. This is not the Redwood Forest. This isn't a, you know, national park. This isn't fucking Yellowstone, okay? This is like a 1-mile p- little trail. I mean, it's literally fenced in, tucked behind a high school and a neighborhood. It's not that serious. So the fact that this human decided to do this is so deeply upsetting. I'm like so upset by it. I immediately call roommate Paige and I said, girl, you'll never believe what happened. She goes, what did Ruby do? And I go, no, what did this person do? I don't blame Ruby. Ruby, Ruby shouldn't have done that. But again, dogs for some reason have this like weird, like instinct to like roll in literal shit and dead animals. And I don't know why TBD. I listen, if there's any vets listening, you can DM me. I might start crying again. So I call her and I said, give me the hose, give me gloves, give me a face mask, give me dog shampoo. Shit's going down. I then, and she, Ruby is literally looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm now running fast walking home, you know, and I'm upwind from her or downwind. I mean, so like the wind is blowing. She's in front of me. I'm smelling and I'm literally on the phone with my boyfriend. I'm gagging. He's like, Sam, are you okay? He knows how I am with smells because if you guys remember my glamping scenario over the summer, she had diarrhea in the tent and we were fighting for our lives. Like it's, I don't know why these things happen to me. And all I'm thinking about is like, what the fuck was this person thinking? And it was like not off the beaten path. Like they weren't, they didn't have this emergency and think to themselves, you know what? I'm not going to do this right next to the trail. Maybe I'll take a little squat farther in to like away from the trail no right on the fucking trail so I'm hosing her off I got my gloves on I'm hysterically crying and laughing at the same time my roommate was taking pictures of me because she was crying laughing like couldn't believe what was happening she knows how I am about Ruby I'm so fucking crazy about Ruby and like things that happened to her like I get very emotional I'm gonna be the most insane mother I'm terrified I I was not okay and like I still am so upset like like I said we lost our innocence that day you know she she rolled in human diarrhea and um it's upsetting and yes I took pictures because I was like I don't want to hear a fucking word about people saying like that didn't happen it happened it happened. It's upsetting. It's really, really upsetting. I just can't believe that a human being like would do that, you know, because it's like if you're going on a run, 
what are you eating? That that's making you act up in such a manner. Sometimes you know things do happen and they do spring upon us, you know. We've all been there, emergencies. But I mean to not even go a little bit deeper into the trail in the woods like I don't know, it seems kind of strange. But yeah, so you know, it was a tough weekend for us. I gave her many baths. Uh shout out this is not an ad at all, by the way. I just really like this brand. It's called Kindful, and they have it at Target. And it just is like an organic kind of naturally shampoo uh, brand, and it uh, smells really good. And she smelled really good afterwards. She smelled like, you know, wildflowers. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot for us. And, you know, of course, I, I don't know if other people are like this with their dogs, but I get, like, very emotional. I I. I talked a lot about when I first got her um, that I would take her to the dog park and like I would leave the dog park crying because I felt like people like weren't being welcoming to her and like they weren't being nice and like other dogs were like picking on her and like we would go to the dog park and people would leave when we got there like very weird if you've been to a dog park like you know the people are f- the weirdest fucking people you've ever met you can meet the nicest people at the dog park. But there are certain people that are so clicky. It's so weird. I don't understand it. So like I, you know, and also on Valentine's Day, I shut her foot in the sliding glass door on accident. And she looked at me like I was I betrayed her in like such a way. I started bawling while I was getting ready to go to Valentine's Day dinner with Danny. Like I was guys, I'm unwell when it comes to Ruby. I don't know. I have this like very protective spirit about her. Like I just want her to be okay. And like the fact that my my beautiful angel my baby rolled in human diarrhea. It, it doesn't sit right with me, you know, and I don't think it should. I don't think it should. And then, you know, people were bringing up to me like, well, runners do that. Like that was a story, I guess, um, that like runners who run marathons and are training for marathons, like literally will just shit anywhere. Cause I guess running sometimes like gets, gets the bowels, uh, a moving and grooving. So I need them to cool it, frankly. Oh, yeah. So I just had to get that off my chest. Um, also, I'm excited to report that I'm going to my first Passover dinner this week. Very excited. I got two cute little outfits. I wasn't really sure what to wear. So Michelle Collins was kind enough to like help guide me into like what I should be wearing to Passover. And um yeah, I can't wait to post those looks. I've been really trying to get into like, and I know you can't tell by how I look when I record this podcast if you're watching it on YouTube because I look like I literally just crawled out of the fucking hole. But, you know, I've been really trying to like spice up my my wardrobe lately. I feel like I'm 30 and I don't know if other people feel this way, other, you know, millennial women, but like, what the fuck are we supposed to be wearing? I don't I don't know because like there are things out out that are trendy right now that I'm like I cannot wear that you can't like I have big boobs like I have a tummy like I'm insecure about my arms like I can't wear a fucking bra and high-waisted shorts like that's not that's not working I just want a cute outfit I just want a cute little outfit that's all And I've also been like trying to accessorize more because I do realize that I wear a lot of like 
basics like I do wear the Nene Leaks uniform you know the white tee and the jeans and I'm like I really do like want to like elevate this look so I try I've been trying to incorporate more jewelry but anyway I just thought I'd tell everybody that I'm really excited I'm going to my first Passover very you know I'm honored to be invited and um I'll report back because I don't really know anything about that so should be exciting um okay also, I want to do a temperature check on the hotheads where I want to know where everybody is standing on certain topics. And I also want to get off my chest what I'm feeling about them. OK, let's go. First up, we have Summer House. Um, normally on this podcast, I recap Summer House. I loved Summer House. I was a champion of Summer House. I thought, you know, wow, this is such an underrated show, an underrated cast. Um, and I, I was so fucking happy that so many people got into it during quarantine. It was that and Real Houses of Potomac. Like we had nowhere else to go. People were like, OK, like, let me get into this show because they had a nice backlog of like seasons to get into. So I loved it. I thought, this is like a cool group of people. I related to them more than I did the Vanderpump crew because they were like more like normal um, in quotes. They it and it also just was like easy fucking breezy that show. It was like it nothing was too serious. It was like, yeah, OK, Kyle would cheat on Amanda, but then Amanda would get over it. And then it was like fine. And then they would have these like silly parties and everything was just very light and airy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I don't know what the fuck has happened, but this show is in its downward spiral quickly. And I was kind of concerned about that um, last year as well, because I was like, it kind of reached a peak and I'm like, the only place to go from here is down. Like they're not going up anymore. Um, It kind of all reached a boiling point and I'm just not enjoying it. I'm just not enjoying it. I find it to be kind of like a slog. And like, I don't like to come on here and like bitch and complain about, I mean, I bitch and complain a lot, but I don't like to come on here and be like, this show fucking sucks. Like I want it canceled. I want this housewife off the show. Like that's just not my vibe. Okay. I'm not calling for people to be fired. I'm not calling for shows to be canceled. Usually, um, And I still don't want the show to be canceled, but like, I need to know what 
the fuck was happening when they were casting? What goes on at Bravo HQ when they're talking about Summer House? Because the people that they're bringing on have no natural rapport or chemistry with this group. I don't care if they pretend that they knew Gabby for one minute. I don't care if they pretend that they knew Chris, you know, because they work out at the same gym or Alex or whoever. I want real connections. I want real friends. Uh, Something like it has something has to be done because it's just not working anymore. Things are becoming so fucking repetitive. They're not based in reality. They feel so put on and so fucking fake. It feels like the last season of Vanderpump Rules where like everything was a theme party. And I'm like, I don't care about this costume party. I don't give a fuck what wig you're putting on to be a silly goose. I want to know like what's really going on. Like, you know, and they're not doing that. And simultaneously, while not really sharing about their lives, they're also using Lindsay and Carl as a scapegoat every fucking episode. And I'm so tired of it. It's just old. I understand that Lindsay is not, you know, everyone's cup of tea. I get it. Okay. She's intense. She's dramatic. She's, you know, she, she can make some crazy fucking decisions. Okay. I get it. What I don't understand is how they expect us to like be interested in this like constant beat down of on her. For what? What are you getting out of this? You want her off the show? So what? People won't. No one. I'm sorry. Okay. No one is watching this show because they love Kyle. Okay. I fucking promise you that. No one is watching this show because they think Paige has the cutest fucking outfits. That is not why they're watching. They're watching because they want to see a group of friends interact in a summer share house together. And they're failing at that. How you fail at this, which it seems to me to be like the easiest setup for drama and conflict and resolution to ensue because you're all in one fucking house. This is like the premise of girls trip. So I'm confused and no one, no one is telling us why do they hate Lindsay so much? I understand, like I said earlier, that they might not like her, that they might feel she's, you know, stirs the pot. Well, at least someone has got something going on this fucking show. Because I, I'm not interested in watching a grown 40-year-old man have a meltdown, scream at women and call them bitches and lose their mind and have it be swept under the carpet. That I'm not interested in. That's not real to me. Like, if that's really what's going on, which, you know, we have seen Kyle lose his fucking mind multiple times, um, then talk about that. Address that. Have Amanda open up about, you know, Kyle and their marriage and their relationship. Have Paige fucking hold his ass to the fire. Uh, instead, they're all like, Lindsay, you're not drinking a lot when you're around Carl. Uh, yeah, because Carl is an addict you fuckers. Carl struggles with alcoholism and drug addiction and lost his fucking brother two years ago to it. So maybe, call me crazy, Lindsay's being respectful of that. That doesn't, when you're in a relationship 
with someone like things do change. People change. People grow. So, yeah, when Carl's not around and she's at a girl's dinner, she might let loose, guys. And that doesn't mean that, you know, her and Carl are in this like weird codependent relationship. No, they're they're best friends who fell in love and live together. What are you not getting about that? To me, Carl and Lindsay, their relationship, I think, highlights in all of the other relationships what's wrong with them. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Like Ryan Bailey was on and we talked about this. He made such a good point. He's like, I think Kyle is so fucking triggered by Carl and Lindsay because he sees how much they communicate, how much they talk. And clearly he doesn't do that with his own wife and is triggered by that. I mean, have you guys ever been around a couple and like you saw how they interact and you're kind of like, wait, like I kind of want that in my relationship too. Like, huh? Like my boyfriend and I, or my girlfriend and I, or my partner, whoever, we don't do X, Y, or Z and they do. And maybe that's something we should work on. Maybe that's something I would like more of in my relationship that I'm not getting. It doesn't mean that like you're in the worst relationship in the world. It's just fucking natural. Okay. With Paige and Craig, they're seeing uh, Lindsay and Carl move in together. They're not doing that. They've been together almost a year at this point. They're probably, you know, Craig's probably like, okay, we're going to lose steam because the Bravo community won't give a fuck about us if we don't start you know, hustling this relationship along because we have the mind of a goldfish. What's ever in front of us is what we know and then it swims away and we don't know about it anymore. That's how they work. Okay. If you watched it last out, you know what I'm talking about. Also, if you are like this, like me, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, then you have Danielle and Robert who clearly have fucking issues. They talked about it last season. Paige brought it up. She was like, you and Robert fought all the time. And no one talked about it. I'm like, that's your job. You're in the house. Why are you not talking about it? Like, this is where, oh God, I could talk about this forever. So with Danielle and Robert, they've been together a really long time, several years. They've moved in together, but Robert moves to Aspen to do his job, to do his little chef job. He moves to the Hamptons to do his little chef job. And Danielle's kind of the one that's like following him along. And she's in her 30s. She's probably sitting there and wondering, hey, when is it my turn? When are we going to take that next step? When are we going to get engaged and, you know, really settle down? Am I going to have to follow you around all over for the rest of my life? Et cetera. And then she sees Carl and Lindsay like, oh, my God, they're probably going to get engaged soon. They talk about getting married. They talk about the future. You know, I know Lindsay, I believe Lindsay froze her eggs. Like things are things are happening and they're not for her. And that's upsetting. And the fact that we all have to sit here and watch Danielle and Robert try to pretend that they're in this happy relationship when they're not, it's crazy. And the fact that no one's talking about that on the show is also insane. But instead, they're just focused on Carl and Lindsay. What's going on with Carl and Lindsay? What's going on with Lindsay? It's like you guys stay fucking obsessed with her. I'm glad that Lindsay and Amanda had that sit down. I personally don't trust Amanda. In that regard, I feel like when she's confronted with her behavior, she's very quick to either start crying and then make you feel bad because now she's crying and you're the asshole because you're making her cry. And we've seen that multiple times on the show. 
or she just kind of like appeases them in the moment, but that's really not how she feels. And then she goes and takes it into Paige and um, Sierra and, you know, sings a different tune. I, I'm just I'm bored. I'm bored of this. It, it's not fun to watch anymore. Uh, the fact that Andrea isn't on for whatever reason is a huge bummer because he was such a like fan favorite. He was exciting. He was funny. You know, the episode that he was on was great. I loved, you know, seeing him on the show. You know, Luke is gone. Um, you know, it's just it's not something I want to watch and people like to compare it to Vanderpump rules. But what I'm going to say about Vanderpump rules is that we have like a 10 year history with Vanderpump rules. We've literally, I've watched Katie Maloney, like literally grow up and become a woman. You know, I've seen Stassi start as a 22 year old waitress. Now she's married and it's going to have two kids and, you know, has her man. Like, We've come along more on this journey with them. And these are also people who have like real relationships outside of this show. They all were friends before the show. Sheena, you know, really wasn't a part of that group. But since, you know, doing the show for so long has become a big part of the show. Lala bought a house next to Sheena in Palm Springs. You know, the Toms have a business together. Um, You know, Katie and Lala and Sheena, like they, they're all together like all the time. And they they really had a tough two seasons, the last one and the one before that for sure. Um, but we all still kind of watched because we knew that the promise that they had because of what gold they delivered for like eight years straight. Um, and with Summer House, like we don't I don't have that history with them. The first two seasons were flops. The third, fourth season was really good, in my opinion. The fifth season um, was, a, you know, it was what it was. It was very controversial because of Hannah. And last season was just kind of like the peak. Like, where do we go from here? Like this group, if you can't find like real resolution within the group, like what do you really have? So I'm kind of curious and I've seen what people are saying online about the Lindsay's, you know, Lindsay and everyone's like very confused as to what the fuck did Lindsay do to these girls to make to make them treat her like this? Because it's it's insane. It's I don't like a gang up. I find a gang up so fucking boring. I'm glad that Gabby is very outspoken, very like has her point of view and I love a woman with a point of view. I may not agree with, you know, it all the time, but I love that. And she is going to really, I think help Lindsay a lot at the reunion a lot, just from what I've seen of her on watch what happens live with Danielle. Like she's clearly not fucking cool with her. Never will be cool with her. Um, and was definitely more team Danielle or team Lindsay. And I want to say, like, I like Danielle. I hope her and Lindsay figure it out. Um, because it's very obvious that Paige and Amanda were like really trying to get in her head and be like, well, you know, is Lindsay there for you? Is Lindsay there for you? Like you're there for her. It's like, well, Danielle never really does anything for Lindsay to like have to be there for. Let's be a hundred percent honest. Um, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. I just, it's giving like si single white female, like they're being like that 
strange about Lindsay, in my opinion. I, I don't, I don't get it, and I don't like it. I find it boring. Um, I find Kyle to be, frankly, repulsive. Um, I don't think he's a good husband. I don't think he's a good businessman. I don't think he's a good friend. Uh, I think he's really calculated and projects a lot of that onto Lindsay. Um, and I think Hannah was 100% right with everything that she ever said about Kyle. And I think it's really, really crazy that Paige can be really good friends with Hannah knowing how she felt about Kyle and kind of what he um, kind of got... He kind of... Uh, led the charge against Hannah um, and like ne never kind of bring that up or have those same feelings because it's it's clear what what he did but whatever so next up on my list for the hotheads temperature check I want to talk about Liam McSweeney okay so I've rewatched Girls Trip multiple times Okay, no shame in my game. I've rewatched the three episodes multiple times because I just have thoughts. And I'll get into those after um, after this. But Leah McSweeney is complex. She is someone I think that is very rooted in reality. She is someone who looks at these women and are like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is crazy. I don't belong with these people. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and I want people, I, I kind of want to take this opportunity to maybe shed some light on Leah, maybe change some minds and hearts. We'll see. If not, I'm sure I'll hear about it from everybody. <laughs> okay. So Leah's coming on to the show, Girls Trip, after the disastrous last season of Real Houses of New York City. And Leah and Ebony are kind of carrying this fucking burden that everyone is putting on them that they ruined the show. Everyone's saying that. Everyone has said that for years. Leah ruined Real Houses of New York City. Leah did this. Leah did... How the fuck are you going to give her that much power, number one? You think one woman can take down a, a franchise that was on TV for 13 years. One person can do that. Think about that. Use your fucking brains. No, not true. I understand the same thing with Lindsay. I understand that she's not everyone's favorite. I understand that they might find her annoying. I'm I get it. You don't you don't have to like everybody. I always say that on this podcast. Like not everybody has to like everybody. You know, doesn't mean you like want them dead, even though the way some people talk about Leah, it's actually disgusting. Um, the way some people talk about a lot of the housewives is actually really gross. Uh, but that's a whole other podcast. So I'll save that for another episode. Um, and with Leah, she's coming into girls trip. First of all, she thought Tinsley was going to be there. Tinsley backed out didn't do it hence why they called him Portia thank fucking god can you imagine if Tinsley was there I can't imagine Portia's like literally a fucking shining star as always get her back on Atlanta get her on a Gail and Oprah style show with Giselle driving a bus through America like that's what I want to see anyway so Leah's coming into this because a little like wounded almost I think this is just my opinion I think 
how everyone treated her after Roni and during that season really fucked with her. And Andy Cohen has said himself, like, he has never seen a turn like that on someone. Because her first season, she was, like, beloved. She got the first chair at the reunion. She was, you know, the people's princess. Like, everyone loved her. She brought in such a cool girl kind of, like, energy. She really got under Ramona Singer's skin, which was fun. Um, You know, and it was kind of the reunion that was filmed that year was um, during COVID. So they had like really remember their seats were like really far apart and they were like in like that weird, like rug warehouse type thing. Um, And it was kind of fun to watch her poke at Ramona. And it also introduced us to like a different type of New York, like a younger New York, a hipper New York, a funkier New York. Um, And then this, then she was on her second season and Roni was a mess. Roni was a fucking mess. Leah and Ebony are not the reason that show failed. I have said it a million times and I'll say it again. I think two things happened. Number one, I think that they filmed during basically the height of COVID. And in a city like New York, you cannot do that. New York City is like a housewife. They need the city. That's why we're watching. It's fun to walk, watch them, you know, go to Sarah Beth's and get pumpkin waffles. It's fun to see them kind of, you know, walk around Central Park together or go to remember when they would go to like Henry Bendel. Like it's fun to see them in that kind of environment and really interact with the city and, you know, have their friends come, you know, Joni or or, or Elise or someone. Right. Well, they couldn't do that. And also, it was the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. It was, you know, Trump and his COVID fucking protocol nonsense. There was a lot. And the election, like, it was a shitstorm. People were not interested in... They wanted to escape. I wanted to escape. I didn't want to watch the reality of what we had been living in. When they opened up that season and it was like about COVID and like the city was empty. I mean, I it like gave me a chill. I didn't I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to watch that. And a city like New York, if you know anybody who lives there or you live there, you know how deeply impacted they were with COVID. I mean, they had a fucking hospital ship. Okay, they had sirens all day, all night going, taking people. They had literal morgues on the street. So they started filming like eight months after March of of 2020, like that fall. And it's like you expect that season to be what it was. No, we all had a different mindset at the time. I had no fucking patience for Ramona Singer and her racism. <laughs> Not that I ever had patience for racism, but especially at that time, everyone was like an open wound. Every single person that was watching was like an exposed nerve. And like we couldn't we I I couldn't watch it like that. That's why it was terrible. It wasn't bad because Leah's just the fucking worst. Ebony is the worst. Was Ebony did some weird shit? Yeah. 
Did Leah? Yeah. But guess what? Luann fucked a pirate and spoke French saying that she was on the phone with her Italian friends. Okay. They've all done crazy shit on this show. I personally think it was a huge mistake to film a show like Roni during that time. And that, I mean, that's, I don't know. Like, that's just my opinion. I just, and you know, Andy Cohen has said like, that was the worst ratings we've ever had on any show. I kind of don't believe that if we're being honest, but I, and then, you know, there's the drama and with what happened with Ramona Singer and how production filed complaints that she was racist, made comments, made people uncomfortable and they didn't have her union. And you know, it, it it is what it is. I don't think that it's Leah's fault that Roni flopped. Um, I think, you know, I'm upset. I wish that they were given another chance, this group. But I also think like we kind of all hit a wall with them too. Like Sonia was a mess. I couldn't watch it anymore. I couldn't watch this woman like flail around and be drunk and cry about being a Morgan. Like I, I needed her to grow. Ramona at Black Shabbat, I mean, was absolutely one of the most disgusting plays I've seen her do for her. I mean, she's a nightmare, but that was peak. That was like tip. That was everything. That was horrible. Same with Dorinda. Like it was the same shit. And to watch that at the t- in the time that we were in, the time, you know, that they were filming, it just, it, it was a recipe for disaster. And Andy Cohen, like I said, has, you know, said like, I had never seen people turn like this on a housewife or a Bravo celebrity. Like it was really crazy. So that fucks with you. I've received a lot of hate online. I could not I can't imagine receiving the things that I know Leah probably has received seeing the things that Leah had to see seeing that people were blaming her for the downfall of their beloved you know show this was like the crown jewel of housewives for everybody like it, it was a, it's a fan favorite it was every it was everything I loved those women that fucks with you and then you think you're going on a trip with your best friend and she backs out for whatever reason. And now you're stuck with these women that you don't really know. You don't know if they like you. You, you know that the fans aren't welcoming. You know you saw their reaction when it when you were cast. That that would fuck with me. So I applaud her for even going. And I think she's doing the best that she can. And I think that she found a really great ally in Candace who you know, if you guys remember, hello, I'm on the right side of history with a lot of things. So maybe this could help you, you know, rethink some things about Roni and Leah just saying. Um, And so when Leah was crying about her grandmother, I talked about on the podcast last week, but in case you missed it, I'll just quickly repeat myself. Again, it was COVID protocols, people were getting COVID and then they couldn't film for weeks. And that's why that weird season of Atlanta, the, se- the season with Bolo was so weird too. It wasn't like, um, there wasn't like a common, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Continue. Um, 
it didn't like flow. <laughs> okay. I can't find the word right now. I'm kind of hungry and like lose, like my blood sugar is plummeting. Um, but it didn't flow because people were getting COVID production. The, the girls, like it just, they had to keep picking up and putting the cameras down and doing it back and forth. Um, and so when she was talking about that, I feel like a bit, I feel like that was not part of the conversation for some reason. I wish maybe it was like, I wish that she was like, yeah, like I was filming during COVID. It was fucking hard. And then that could have been a great segue for her and Portia to talk about how they both filmed during COVID. Um, I mean, it was, it was bad. And I, I know that talking about COVID is not thing, something like people really love to do. Um, but I think now in like 2023, like we're coming out of it. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and things are starting to quote unquote, go back to normal. And we just kind of want to pretend that it never happened. And I don't think that that's smart. I think we have to learn from what we went through and, you know, really like be like, Whoa, like what the fuck was that? Like, that was crazy. Like, I can't believe we filmed during that. I can't believe, you know, I had glam come to the house and they had to wear hazmat suits. That was crazy. Then I had to deal with Ramona Singer's racist ass. That was crazy too. So I just want people to give Leah like a little bit more grace. Don't be, you know, calling for the death of Leah McSweeney. It's not cool. It's not cute. And I, I also, I mean, I have in my notes that I wanted to talk about Leah, but I also had it like, you know, another little point about like, let's let the Roni stuff go. Let's, I, we unpacked that just now. Let's let it go. Let's usher in this new era of women. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Jenna Lyons. I was obsessed with her when I was in high school. She was on Oprah one time and I just like became obsessed with her. I thought she was like the coolest thing. So I'm excited to see what they have in store for us. I do hope that they bring legacy back, not in the same capacity as housewives, but almost maybe like a girl's trip with like those girls um because I can't I can't get back on that train again I I'm off it Luann's been doing some weird shit on social media lately I don't know what the fuck is going on with that but that's just where I'm at and I hope you know this you know you let this sink in don't be stubborn let it let it in and I love telling people to not be stubborn while also being a very stubborn person myself which is something I've learned over the last few months um in therapy so Anyway, I do want to talk girls trip a little bit. I know I talked about it last week with Gracie girl, but sometimes it's just nice to like get on and talk to myself um, for a little. So where to begin? Heather Gay and Whitney. This is the craziest fight because they. It, it's frustrating to watch Heather because she holds Whitney to such a different standard than she holds herself. And I don't understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know how the fuck she does not see what Whitney is trying to tell her. Okay. I don't, I don't get it. And I don't like it to sit there and say about Jen Shaw that you're going to stick with her, that she lied to you about, all of this stuff, this horrible stuff, you know, the prison, the, the things that she's going to prison for for eight years to like let that go 
and like move on, even though she lied to you, lied to everyone, did horrible things to people that she was convicted of, called you an ogre and Shrek. And you can let that go. But God forbid Whitney make a friend in Lisa Barlow. God fucking forbid. Girl, be fucking for real. It makes no sense. It, And that's why I I don't get how like Heather Gay fans, they're almost like Teresa fans, like where they just have it in their minds that like this person is right all the time. And like everything they do, there's a reason why. Everything they do has X, Y, or Z. It, no. Sometimes people can just be wrong and people can admit that they're wrong and then they can move on. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone does all that, blah, blah, blah. But like Heather's fucking up. And she is the one that's like keeps talking about bad weather and bad weather. First of all, it wasn't that iconic. Move the fuck along. Okay. You were you've only been a housewife for three seasons. You fumbled your third season so fucking bad. And this is not just to Heather. This is to all of the Salt Lake City girls. And I said this on Mention It All, um, Dylan Hafer's podcast, is that they were given literal gold gold they had a housewife that was not only being like investigated by the feds but literally being indicted and charged with a crime and they fucked it up because they're rookies they're rookie housewives who don't really know what they're doing they don't have real relationships with one another it's like summer house there's really nothing holding that that group together nothing literally um and if this happened in a city like orange county and you think miss tamra judge wouldn't be you know calling up her friend megan king edmonds getting to the bottom of it immediately bringing it up at every lunch every dinner not backing down doing whatever are you kidding like a seasoned housewife would know what the fuck to do and would make it a great season we saw the feds surround a sprinter van and a housewife was on the run. And yet this isn't the best franchise in history. It doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because they like, they really don't know what they're doing. They're finding, they're getting their sea legs. I mean, if we remember Real Houses of the Potomac season one was horrible. You know, that's why no one watched it because they watched the first season and was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is strange. I almost wish Real Houses of Salt Lake City leaned more into the Mormon of it all because I find that shit fascinating. I find it fascinating that like Whitney like can't officially be off this list. She has to call this person who has to approve this and do this. That is like mind blowing. I would love to know more about that. But instead, I'm like stuck, you know, hearing about bad weather. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, anyway, I also really want to talk about uh, Marisol. Marisol, I feel so protective of. I don't think she's like fragile in the sense of like, She's like a Brandy Glanville type. I find her just like, like, I just want to hug her and I just want to be her friend. And I just like want to be in her life. 
I like really gravitate towards her for some reason. And I know that she like makes jokes about her drinking and yeah, she might be an alcoholic, whatever. That's not my place to tell someone that they're an alcoholic or not. Um, that's really not what I'm talking about. She just has this like warmth to her too, like a depth that I really, really love. I love hearing her talk about her mom. I mean, when she was talking about Mama Elsa, I was I was simply just not okay. It was really beautiful. And it was interesting to see that she actually acknowledged it. Um, and that's what I love about Girls Trip is that you get into things that maybe you wouldn't have gotten into before. Like Portia opening up about her postpartum. She's like, yeah, like I filmed through that. And Housewives like saved me. And it's nice to see like sometimes, you know, there is a positive to all of this. It's not just, you know, utter chaos and destruction. Um, also, I love hearing them just talk about their shared experiences. I think that's really beautiful. And they're just really funny. Like this is a funny group. They have a very strange dynamic because they all come from like very different housewives worlds. So Portia comes from this like OG, you know, cast of Atlanta, which is famously the number one rated housewives franchise of all time um iconic like literally iconic i've done my rewatch of orange county i just finished that and now i'm doing my rewatch of atlanta of atlanta so i can't wait to dive dive back in i'm already obsessed again and i knew i would be i i watched atlanta that was my gateway to housewives but it it's something i don't visit revisit that often so i'm really excited about that but so anyway Porsche's like kind of brings this OG mentality. Leah brings the, you know, two season wonder <laughs> mentality of a show that is DOA. No one at this time really knew what the fuck was going on. They asked her about it at breakfast. They were like, do you know what's happening with your show? She's like, nope, I know I'm not on it. Like that kind of thing. Then we have Potomac, who's like a rising star. It cemented itself. It's one. It was the newer franchise, you know, in years when it came on. And, you know, it was kind of like the underdog. And no one really liked it or understood who these people were or what even Potomac was. And now they're like everything. Then we have Salt Lake City, who just wrapped five days ago. One of their castmates was just, you know, indicted and charged with a crime and told, you know, and pled guilty after years of pleading innocence and they're just so fresh and so new. Then we have Miami who wasn't technically an OG cast, like an OG city, but it didn't, it came back on the air after 10 years. It was revived, brought back from the dead, a zombie housewives. So it's kind of interesting to see this group, you know, and I, I've enjoyed seeing Giselle and Candace together um, because Giselle saying that Candace only ever reacts. I appreciate it because I feel like, you know, that kind of gets lost in translation over in Potomac. Um, yeah, I just I'm really enjoying it. I recapped it last week and. I think more detail. I kind of black out when I record. Um, so yeah, I feel like I got a lot off my chest today. This is very therapeutic. I'm very thankful that I get to do this every, every week. And 
yeah, I'll be back this week to recap Vanderpump Rules, Girls Trip again. Um, I'll probably recap Love is Blind as well um, because that season's really fucking nutty. I recapped it um, last week, so you can go back and listen to that if you'd like. And uh, yeah, so I'll see you guys later this week. And you can follow me at Bravo Historian on Instagram, at Teachers Left on Twitter. And I will see you guys soon. Bye. Thank you.